This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's Monday morning. Welcome along to Top Flight Time Machine. A look back at the weekend's exciting, exhilarating football action. There's been some interesting prediction activity. Mm. I can start with that if you want. Oh, right. I see. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, All if right. you're that excited, but usually it's like an afterthought to you. So if you're excited, it means you've done well. I know you got one exactly right because I remember <laughs> it happening. But come on, let's hear it. Well, I, I only got, I did. I got one right. I got I got asked, um, Aston Villa Liverpool correct. Yeah, but I got four points results. But got four points. Sam, you got eight points. Whoa! Oh, so okay. there, I'm, I'm so being generous to you. you. I'm giving you a, you a Monday morning gift, the gift of points. Okay, yeah, now, so, I'm, now I'm listening. Now I'm interested. Yeah, uh, what now, did I get yeah, the eight points for? Well, you got uh, Crystal Palace nil, Leicester two. Yeah. And you also got Sunderland one, Southend nil. Oh. You predicted my team correctly. Nice. And I said two, one, Sunderland. Um, so there you go. That's uh, your top of the table again. 56. Back in my rightful place. Now... That's because I returned after a couple of weeks of leaving it to the high press. That's the only way it can be explained. Mm. Is that what it was? Yeah, because a couple of weeks I wasn't ready to do the high press because I hadn't been putting in enough training. I hadn't been putting in the hours on the prediction you'd, training field. You hadn't been putting in the, the hard yards, as they say. Do you know what I did last week? Double sessions. What did you do? Double oh, sessions. Oh, man. And I didn't like it, but I had to do it. I had to, mm. basically, we turned up, did our normal session, morning session of predicting. Yeah. And yeah. then, when I say we, I'm referring to me and my brain. And yeah. then we had, a bit of, we had a bit of lunch. We had a nap, which is the Italian way. You know, the Italian yeah. coaches predicting the predictions in Italy. They always make sure you have a sleep in the afternoons. It's very important to um, rest your mind. So, but you generally just try and have a nap yeah. every day if you can, don't you? Yeah, I do. And Whatever I you're doing. I had a nap and then I came back and um, did a a second session of predicting in the league. Mm. Sometimes I'll just pick out random scores from the past or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, it paid dividends. So it just goes to say, yes, a lot of it is instinct and flair, natural talent, but Mm. nothing can replace hard work. No substitute for hard work, is there? So there you are, you're two points clear at the top of the table. 56 to my 54 results. Bots on 47 now. He was having a bit of a comeback, falling away a little bit there over the weekend, but um, we'll keep an eye on him. Mm. Um, I have got a question for you. It, is this, has there been any developments with the knife over the weekend? No. The knife Nothing has disappeared. The oh, knife, the no. Parts, my, my, my wife, in a completely heartless act, just when I asked her about it, she said it has long since gone. She just moved on very quickly. Once it broke, it broke. 
she moved on with her life she chucked it away and all those memories and a little part of our relationship is consigned to both the dustbin of history and the actual dustbin how how does it feel knowing now that you're married to a cold callous heartless wife it's not surprising I mean, you know, she's a good wife, but at the same time, I know, I sort of feel that if I did, let's just say, if something she's happened... She's a good wife. She's a good wife. <laughs> she's a good woman, but she would move on very quickly if I was to disappear, because she's like a shark. Mm. She's like in John the same Jaws. Way that, in the same way that they say that if you were to die alone, your cat would start to feast Eat on me. your corpse within... Would my wife hour. feast on my corpse? No, she's a vegetarian, so probably not. But she'd she'd definitely think about it. She'd re- recycle your clothes quite quickly. Yeah. Definitely. She'd take them down the recycling bin. In the That's the vegetarian the equivalent of feasting on your corpse. <laughs> recycling your clothes, yeah. Mm. Well, my, oh, my really grandma, sorry. who again, was a, she was a good grandma... But I've said woman. it before, when when my granddad died, which was long before I was born, she, you know, she loved him and was devoted to him. But as soon as he dropped dead, that was it. All his stuff, I think she just got some a clearance, yeah. house clearance person, like, the next day. Like, he's, yeah. dead. he's dead. He's ripped up the road. Hello, yeah. house clearance. He's definitely dead. Come you, you have to come and uh, take all of my hus- my dead husband's stuff away. Every last bit of it. I've got a widow's rig to be setting up. Yeah, I suppose that was it. She thought, I've got a widow's rig and I need the space. <laughs> To really plans. <laughs> big plans. She had sketches <laughs> on that blue architect's paper that she'd yeah. been working on for months while he was ill in the hospital. <laughs> Horrible, really, but practical. Yeah. Speaking of that thing, a good woman, there's been lots of TV shows and films that are just called The Good Something. something. Have you noticed yeah. that? There's yeah, it's the annoying, good, isn't it? There's The Good Doctor and there's The, the Good... Was it The Good Place on Netflix or something? Oh, yeah. That We've talked about that before. Ted Danson in it. Yeah, it's does awful. It, does, my daughter watches a... it. It's really... I don't like it. Yeah, my daughter made me watch it because she's obsessed with it. She says, yeah. you'll love it. So I watched like five episodes because nah. I thought, you know, after five, it's either going to stick or it isn't. Nah. Fucking rubbish. Well, I that was the same with me, but I haven't been allowed to escape it after five. She'll still oh, stick it on Oh, you've got to watch anyway. it all. Yeah. Is it stuff you do together? No, well, I just like I'll be on the laptop or something like that. I'll be in front of the sofa, but I'll just mm. be like looking at another device. She understands. Does she make you watch it and then test you a bit later on? No, it's not like that. There are some shows no. like that, but that one we've got an understanding. It's like mm. you can put it on. I'm happy to sit here, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> well, my kids at the age where she'll watch everything in, in our room by herself. So I don't yeah, have to... well, that's what I'm trying to avoid. I know that day will come, but I'm trying to avoid that becoming yeah. like a thing. So that's why I will still kind of yeah sit down, get a blanket, what? maybe a snack, you know. Yeah, father-daughter time. Whereas my son, it, I got one of those um, smart TVs recently, so it's got YouTube built into it. Oh, yeah. So nice. my son now commandeers the sitting room and watches all his YouTube videos on the big telly when in, in truth he should be watching it on an iPad or, or his Xbox or something somewhere else but it's that thing that's I don't good. want him to go off and do it exactly. somewhere else because that's right. that's partially smart... I, yeah, partially I want to know what he's watching because yes. fucking hell yeah. he's nearly uh, 12 and it yeah, could be he's anything he's entering adolescence so yeah and there will come a time when he does sneak off and start watching things alone and I'll know what's going on because oh. I was you know I was that you, child myself do, once yeah and you didn't have the internet mm. um, what um 
Is he into Fortnite yet? Does he play Fortnite? Oh, yeah, he's been at Fortnite for ages now, yeah. 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 Is that Has Len got into that yet? No, he hasn't got into it yet. <laughs> no, nah, it's not a problem. Fortnite, it's it's violent, but it's kind of cartoonish as well, and it, right. there's no blood and guts or anything. There are lots of, you know, high-quality, high-precision weaponry involved, <laughs> but it seems to be in, in good yeah, fun. It, in the um, weapons you can collect amongst it, Amongst the armory, is there a soldering iron? No, there's not. Which is why I've got no interest in it whatsoever. When we when we do a video game of Top Flight Time mm. Machine, <laughs> which we will, which we definitely <laughs> for the ZX will, Spectrum, it'd be great. You can be you can be Sam or Andy, you can, or Results Bot <laughs> at the beginning. You choose which character you are, and then you pick certain things up along the way. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a soldering yeah. iron and so on. I don't know what the other things would be. I'd have to think about it. There could be different elements. Like if you pick the Andy character, you get you get a logistical problem that you've got to try and overcome. <laughs> Results spot, you've just got to predict lots of stuff. 1-0. I don't know what the Sam character would do. Mm. I'd leave that to you to decide. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. There might be a scenario based on that... Um, based on that confrontation I had with the uh, reception person at um, the <laughs> publishing house. Yeah. But it turns like more elaborate. Yeah, you get let loose in the publishing house after you've got past the receptionist. Yeah, and lots yeah. of other TFTM things come into it. Yeah, that'll um, be out on the ZX Spectrum next Christmas. Speak, speaking of uh, expansion of our IP, mm. um, I saw a, you know a sort of a six, seven out of ten Netflix uh, film at the weekend called uh, Dolomite Is My Name. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. Because I watch anything with Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy is my hero, I love him. So it's Eddie Murphy. Also has Wesley Snipes, who I'm a big fan of and has been off the scene for a while, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. And and it also... Who else does it have? It's got um, him out of Key and Peele, not the one who made Get Out, the other one. So that's good. So it's got a a stellar cast, right? Yeah. Um, But what's interesting about it is, is that it's you know it's worth a watch. It's not brilliant, but anything. But, oh, Chris Rock's in it as well, and Snoop. It's got an amazing cast. Blimey. Yeah, I mean Chris Chris Rock and Snoop are in sort of cameos, but it's still really good. But they um, but he creates this sort of comic character, and it's quite interesting because it's like late. You know, he's he's reached middle age, and so belatedly he comes up with this character called Dolomite, who's based on a pimp. It's a true story. And he starts doing it as a sort of stand-up routine where he plays this over-the-top pimp who's got all this dialogue, which Mm. is sort of big boasts, right? Boasting, but in rhyme. And a lot of Mm. people say in real life that this guy, the guy who created the Dolomite character, is the godfather of rap. And that's why Snoop agreed to be in the film, because this guy, what he did was he started hanging around with... He heard homeless people on the streets near where he lived, black homeless guys, who had this way of talking back from the olden times where they did these sorts of jokes that were all kind of rhyming and they were all sort of based on making over-the-top boasts in character. Yeah. And that, that effectively is where rap came from, they reckon, yeah. right? Because he would go and listen and he'd literally go and sit with the hobos and they'd be doing all this shit to each other to make themselves laugh <laughs> over the bloody, you know, the, the bin, the oil black bin that they have burning with yeah. their gloves on. And he'd just write it down. And then he'd dress up in this sort of over-the-top 70s pimp outfit, <laughs> go on stage and basically repeat it. And it got so big <laughs> that he ended up releasing an album. 
which was like ma- massively successful. And then he went to the producers of the, there was, you know, one particular production company who made all of those black exploitation films, Shaft and all the rest of them mm. in the 70s. And he said, why don't you make a film of this? And they said, ah, it's not really our thing because you're more of a comic character, whereas we do it seriously. So he used all the money he was making from the records to make it into a feature film, which is a well-known black exploitation movie that he self-funded, Dolomite. And so this is right. the whole story behind that, and it's a very funny film. Anyway, obviously I'm enjoying Hang the on, film. You, give it, you said six, seven out of ten at the beginning of this. Uh, no, it sounds better, doesn't it? I've yeah. made it sound better. Than six, what it is is it's not like once you go eight and above, you're like, this is almost a classic. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's not, it's not a classic, but it's a great story and a great cast, and there's a few laughs along the way. Let's just say yeah. that. But obviously when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking this is great. This is a bit like the Top Flight Time Machine story. I think oh, that yeah. we should self-fund a feature film sto- yeah, version that, of yeah. it. We are going yeah. to be do- doing some filming soon. Yeah, but it's not it's really top secret though, isn't it? It's top secret, but what I can I can reveal what it's not, and it is not the top. It's not the film version of the Top Flight Time Machine story. It's something else. It, it's something, um, to- that'll, it's something that'll- that will be available to probably just IFS in the first instance, and it is very Top Flight Time Machine related. It's a project of ours. But I'm thinking now, anyone out there It's a passion project, isn't it? It's a passion project. But, well, it's also a money-making scheme, <laughs> to be fair. Passion project suggests well, it's something we're just doing from the heart just to fulfil our own creative yearnings. <laughs> but make no mistake, I'm doing this, so someone, so then the IFS will then pay us for it. Yeah. Um, or we, not, um, we shall see. Here's another uh, dilemma I've got, Netflix slightly related as well. This Friday sees the release of The Irishman, new Martin yeah. Scorsese film. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's out in the cinemas from Friday, mm. and it's then available on Netflix from, mm. I think, the 27th of November. So you've got like three weeks where it's in the, the cinemas. Yeah. And then Netflix. What the dilemma is, you know, do we go and see it at the cinema? I think you've where got, it's meant I, to be I, seen, or do you wait for Netflix? I've thought about this a lot, um, and I know a couple of people who've been who've gone and seen previews of it in the cinema, mm. and the reports back are almost beyond any film <laughs> reviews I've ever heard in terms <laughs> yeah. of how positive they are. People are going. Yeah. When you hear Scorsese's done a film with Pacino, De Niro and Joe Pesci, you sort of think, yeah, obviously that's going to be brilliant, but it's beyond what your expectations are. (laughs) Everyone I know has seen it, and every review I've read of it is like, this is his masterpiece, right? So I'm like, I have to see this in the cinema. Yeah. Plus, But the thing is, though, hang on, the thing is, it's fucking three and a half hours long. Yeah, that's that's a problem. How do the likes of me and you find three and a half hours plus travel time? Plus preparation yeah. time in our Luckily, busy parenting I've lives. I've got a cinema that's in walking distance, but the only, the only way I could the only way I could watch a film like that would be daytime. There's no way I could sit through three and a half hours in the evening without falling asleep and missing a huge chunk of it. <laughs> it's just, I mean, genuinely, it's not possible. And so I would, so it'd have to be daytime, and I never am going to have three and a half hours in the day daytime. I mean, apart from anything else, apart from my work commitments, have you seen how quickly the school day, like, dis- evaporates? Yeah. It's it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, how long is They say we're the school on tour. day... Sam, we're on tour next week. We could go and see it while we're on tour. Now, that is a great do idea. We have, do we have three and a half hours spare, though? 
in what, our schedule. What, when you factor in travel as well? Travel and naps. Do you know what would be a really good not. idea? One, between two of the dates, get a really, like, absurdly early train in the morning. Nap yeah. on it. And then, yeah. when we get, then when we get off the train in the new city, go straight to the cinema. Straight into the cinema. Fully refreshed, fully nap refreshed. Yeah. Nap, nap fresh, I call it. Yeah. We'll be nap fresh and we'll be in the cinema maybe for the midday screening. Could be done. Mm. Could be done. We'll think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, will it we, needs to be will seen. Will we sit in next the cinema, to each other it? in the cinema, Andy? Or probably in separate uh, rows? No, we'd, we'd sit sort of like with a, a seat in between us as a buffer right. zone. That way we can still keep Snacks an eye on each other. We can yeah. still keep an eye on each other's cinema like logistics. Because I yeah. bet you've got a right system, haven't you? <laughs> I'm just imagining you're the sort of bloke who comes in the cinema and you look at him and you think, look at this cunt. And he's got everything fucking really sorted and arranged. It's all tidy. You use the cup holder in a really like logistically sort of uh, rational way. I come in with like coats and shit hanging out and I make a big mess Mm. and like, and then generally speaking, I put my, I pull my coat over me like a hobo and fall asleep just as the trailers are ending. Wake and up do you smiling get, for the last five minutes. Do you get Doritos out, popcorn? Do you no. have the noisy snacks? I have popcorn, but not Doritos. Fucking popcorn. Fucking popcorn. <laughs> Cinema grump. You're no. like, you're, you're like. I'm surprised Modern Toss haven't done that yet. <laughs> Cinema grump. <laughs> or a Cinema grump or Cinema dickhead. But Cinema Grump yeah. would be funnier, like a, a man like you who gets really grumpy with other people's cinema conduct. Turn that fucking phone off! <laughs> Film's on! Exactly. Yeah. Did I tell you, but at the time I was in the cinema, it might have been about a year ago, and I was, I can't remember what it was, it was one of the kids' films. I was there with the kids, so I wasn't that asked about the film. And clearly the, the fella who was sat two rows in front wasn't asked either, because mm. he had his phone on. And he was looking at... He must have one of these apps where he's got CCTV cameras in his house and then he can watch oh them remotely dog. through an app. Yeah. So he's sitting there watching black and white footage of his kitchen and his dog walking around in his kitchen. Fucking hell. And, of course, it was black well, and white. He had, the, he had the, the screen brightness right up. Mate. So it was illuminating you, the entire you say, room. You say it was his kitchen. Well, mm, maybe not. He could have maybe been spying on some other poor bastard, couldn't he? Might have been. He might be one of these. You know, he could have been KGB or FBI or CIA. He might be one of these Airbnb owners. Have you heard about this? Lots of people say that Airbnb owners put hidden cameras oh, in, the, uh, in their gaffes so they can keep an eye on the on the guests. That's disgusting. Or just yeah, or, or watch them for other reasons. You know, I'm That's not going to say what they might be. I'm going to get one of those um, anti uh, anti spying devices where I can go in and it beeps and I like scan crash the helmet. whole place. I just scan the whole... What, a crash helmet? No, not like that. You put Did crash you... helmet on all the time so they can't see your face. That's I an might... anti-spying device. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I thought you meant like when I... Um, Paul Nuttall, who was briefly the leader of UKIP, when I got him on the Ooh. Now Rested News Thing show, I put him in a mm-hmm. psychometric helmet and and um, subjected him to a test, much like the ones that the... Uh, um, oh, what are they called? What's John Travolta again? What's his religion? The Scientologists. Yeah, like a Scientology type personality <laughs> test while he wore a psychometric helmet, which we'd made out of a colander. It's amazing what people will do. We talked about this before. It's amazing what people will do just because they're too embarrassed to say no. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think that whole show, which ran for like two and a half years, is really testament to that theory. We really stretched that theory to its very limit. Yeah, you could put together a very good compilation on YouTube of people who've become more famous since. Yeah. Uh, making complete fools of themselves early on in their careers. Yeah, yeah. Such as yourself. <laughs> I think I came out of that show with my dignity fully intact, Andy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, now. Yeah. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. What else are I going to talk about? Oh yeah, I went to the football. Uh, you predicted that we would thrash Newcastle. Newcastle... <laughs> Newcastle I assumed you would. Looked like Barcelona against West Ham. <laughs> I know. I saw Honestly, it. they were sensational. And yeah. very little of it was to do with them. The funniest bit was how we'd decided we we've got two right backs in our squad. Mm. One is Ryan Fredericks, who is a bit raw. He's not yet the complete finished article. He came from Fulham a couple of years ago. He's still young. Um but he's decent. And the one thing he's got in his locker is that he's so quick. Some people say he's the quickest player in the league, right? Right. Um, he's like, because he was, he, he was, you know, an athletics champ, like sprinter, 200 metres, something like that. And he could have gone all the way in that, but he chose football. Mm. So his one massive asset is that he is lightning quick. And our other right back is sort of the finished article because it's Pablo Zabaleta. And he is, Blimey, yeah. And Pablo Zabaleta is like, you know, you, you're hard pressed to find a more experienced pro in world football. He he knows the lot. You watch him play; he can do everything really: tackle, pass, positional sense, all the rest of it. But he's 34 years old, and he can't run anymore. And we put we so you know Pellegrini, who the tree man is increasingly beginning. At first, I thought. He is wise and calm and everything you need in a manager to keep mm. things steady. Now I'm starting to think he might be a bit this and that because, you know, the man is... <laughs> who, who knows how old he is, right? Nobody knows. It's one of these situations where he doesn't have a birth certificate. He is as old as time itself. Yeah, he's extremely old. He sort of achieved what he was going to achieve in his career before this already. You know, he, he, he took a couple of pretty mid-table clubs in Spain and took them into... You know, the Europa League challenged at the top of the table. Then he managed Real Madrid. Then he won the league with Manchester City. This is a great CV. And then he effectively went into retirement, right, in China um, to take a big payday. And then West Ham decided to effectively get him out of retirement by making him, I think, I think he might be like the second, second or third best paid manager in the Premier League, right? But it's a bit like, I suppose, you know, like when Yoda is had to hide away in his swamp planet. I think yeah. it was called the Dagobah system. And yeah. he, he just had to go into hiding. But Yoda's 
position at that point was, you know, the Emperor had stolen a march on him. They'd killed all the Jedis, right? And he was like, I've done my time. I'm mm. 500 years old. I've been head Jedi for like a couple of hundred years. I've done my fair share of Jediing. And to be honest, I'm happy now to just go and retire onto a swamp planet. And that's yeah. what he did. But this would be like you know, them coming back and offering him a job as, like, the head of the rebellion, right, yeah. all those years later. Not like a consultant in the Force or Jedis, but, like, we want you to be the hands-on boss. His heart wouldn't be in it. And that I'll is tell you what it's like. It's a little bit like, remember Noel Edmonds did that thing, cheap, 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 where he yes. was a shopkeeper after deal yeah. or no deal. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It is a bit. It's like one yeah. last Although job, don't and his heart wasn't off. in it. Don't, don't slag that off, because Alex Lowe was I'm not slagging it off. It I'm was, not slagging I it off. I think it was his best work, at Noel's best ever work. Well, perhaps Pellegrini might end up the West Ham as his best ever work. It's just, he's just doing it in a different way to what he's done before. The point is, also, I just... Also, with Pellegrini, yeah. what I noticed at the weekend, have you noticed his hair? His hair's lost a lot of its bounce. Yeah, wow. It seems lank mm. and un- unkempt. But you so could that say, could be something to watch. What's first? Is it because results have started to go badly that his hair has started to flatten out? Or did he let his hair flatten out and that's why results have gone badly? I don't know. Mm. I did see it's a psychodrama play out between him and Steve Bruce where a ball rolled out of play and it was a disputed corner for Newcastle, right? Yeah. And West Ham were annoyed because they didn't. They thought it was a goal kick. And anyway, the ball, for some reason, found itself up by the manager technical areas, right? And hmm. Steve Bruce and Pellegrini are both standing out there. And the ball rolls up towards Pellegrini. And all the Newcastle players are calling for it to be kicked back for the corner. And Pellegrini just leaves it, which is quite unlike Pellegrini because it was sort of ungentlemanly a bit like fuck you you don't deserve the corner anyway I'm not giving you a fucking ball right <laughs> so he lets it roll past him just there with his hands in his pocket and it rolls onto the pitch a few yards in front of Steve Bruce Steve Bruce looks at the ball looks at Pellegrini Pellegrini <laughs> sort of shrugs like get, yeah. you, fuck, you fucking do it mate it was like that you fucking it's your fucking corner you get the fucking ball right so Steve Bruce there's this sort of standoff, an impasse where nobody fucking does anything. In the end, Steve Bruce casually saunters onto the pitch with his hands in his pocket, goes up to the ball, and you think he's going to kick it back to his players by the corner flag, but he doesn't. He kicks it a few yards back to Pellegrini. Oh, over he to you. He passes it to Pellegrini, and fucking Pellegrini hell. looks back at him as if to say, player. what the fuck's this? It's your corner, dickhead. And Steve, <laughs> Bruce, is, Steve Bruce is more or less saying, listen, mate, it was like proper school stuff. It's like, you fucking kick that ball back to them. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> and there was a moment where that, like, I was on tenterhooks, right? I was like, fuck, yeah. what's going to happen here? Is he going to play it back to him? But <laughs> in the end, Pellegrini was sort of like, I'm too old for this. Fucking fine, mate. Play your games. I'll roll it back to your dickhead players. And so he did. <laughs> he eventually rolled it back to the Newcastle players. But... It was a strange little episode, especially between two of the game's great gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, this is not Mourinho and Pardew we're talking about here. Do you know what I mean? No, no true. Or, or roughhouse fellas like fucking Allardyce and Dyche. No. This is two of the great gentlemen of the game. But fuck me. They really got into a power play standoff. 
I have to say some of the West Ham defending was hugely comical, even though I didn't oh, want to see God. Newcastle triumph um, for obvious reasons, but the, some of the defending... I mean, all the goals were from set pieces, different kinds, yeah, and you just um, yeah. fell apart for each one. The it was first bizarre. Goal, it, the first goal is like the sort of thing that even if you're at quite a low level, like the level that even the likes of you and I may have experienced is the sort of really rudimentary set piece that your PE teacher at school would have made up. It's like, (laughs) we've got a free kick deep into their half. What I want you to do is hang the ball up at the far post where one of our centre-backs is going to head it back across across. (laughs) And then another one of our centre-backs is going to be around the penalty spot and he's going to head it in, right? And it's like, (laughs) West Ham's defenders are like, fuck, you know, we didn't see that coming. (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is a bit innovative. How did they fucking work that out? They're all flat-footed. Go fucking out. I mean, if I'd known they were going to do that, I would have jumped and tried to head the ball myself. But they're like, they've outthought us. I mean, fair enough. You've got to hold your hands up and say, touche. Do you know? <laughs> that, is, that is a tactical masterclass. The other one was just, the, I think it was another free kick. Was it a corner where... Oh, it was a corner where they, they, they gradually played it out up the touchline and then put yeah. a corner in from like about 25, 30 yards out. Yeah. Put a cross in rather. The Steve Bruce and, uh, method. And, but and our yeah, goalkeeper the, Roberto. Another an, one of the centre-backs was just was just unmarked in the box and just headed it in. Yeah, but the main thing was was that Roberto, our absurd standing goalkeeper, <laughs> he ran out and he did, I mean, it was so embarrassing. He sort of ran out halfway and then saw a defender come the other way to head it in. So he thought, ooh, better get back on my line. He like <laughs> bottled it and like, I better turn back because someone else has got there before me. And, yeah. and plus they might knock me over, which could be painful. So I'll run back towards the goal. He literally ran away and the ball went in. And then the third one was just a classic. Apparently John Joe Shelby, it was the first ever direct free kick he scored in his career. It's, and it was something it, like the 48th attempt. It was, it was 31. 31st. <laughs> yeah, 31st attempt the he's had yeah. on goal. And it fucking squirmed under Roberto. We actually have another reserve keeper, because our reserve keeper before, Fabianski is basically West Ham's best player. And last, and I'm beginning to think that last season when we finished, I can't remember where, 10th, and we had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of it might have been... I mean, that game, if Fabianski was in goal, we had games like that last season, and he would have kept us mm. in it. He may not have conceded any of those first three goals, and then we could have mm. nicked it, right? So it makes such a big difference, your goalkeeper. But last season when Fabianski was out, which was hardly ever, we had Adrian, who had previously been our first choice and he's a decent keeper and he's now playing for Liverpool and has been doing all right. So we, we he left, then someone else left. So we had to sign two new goalkeepers and um, Roberto was one and he's pretty much made an error in every, every game he's had. But we have a third choice goalkeeper who is David Martin, who is the son of Alvin Martin, club legend. Oh, right? wow. And also, he we signed him from Brighton, from uh, Millwall. So we had the son of a club legend, West Ham legend Alvin Martin, yeah. playing for Millwall. But what was funny was, I, you might not remember this, I'm sure we talked about it in the pod at the time, but in something like the FA Cup quarterfinals, Millwall played Brighton, and it was on the box, and Millwall were about to go through. And in the fight, like the last kick of injury time, mm. Brighton sent in a big free kick. And David Martin, who had been pretty good until then, 
more or less just dropped it in his own goal. And <laughs> I, I remember talking about it on the pod because I went mad like West Ham had just won the FA Cup. It was fucking delightful to see. But at the time, I didn't realise that the keeper was David Martin, son of Alvin. So the Millwall yeah. fans absolutely fucking went bananas at him because then it all came out that he was West Ham, that he was a West Ham spy. Yeah. That he was a fucking was David Martin. Ran out of town. They... Because they, we always, you know, we've got this Millwall up to their own tricks. West mm. Millwall fans say the exact same thing about West Ham. They think West Ham are up to their old tricks the whole time. So they were absolutely convinced, not even joking, they were convinced that David Martin was West Ham and he'd been there the whole time as a sleeper agent building up to this point. And then, just to, like, compound matters, guess what happens next? He's dropped for the first team and then as soon as summer arrives, he signs for West Ham. He's right. recalled back to he the mothership. But yeah. until he made that big mistake, he was a very good keeper at championship level. So I'm hoping to see him come back into side. But I think there are doubts starting to emerge about the tree man. You think? I well, think I thought you, doubt- you, you said you were going to win the league. What happened well, to that? I was, you think that's, yeah. that's off now? Listen, we could win the league with the squad we've got, but the tree man's let me down. I'll tell you this. I'll be honest, you know, I'm starting to really really start to worry about whether or not we can still compete for the title this season. I'll I'll say this. Uh, a lot of people are linking Jose Mourinho with the Arsenal job because he mm. was at the Arsenal match recently and people are saying, he said that he wants another job in the Premier League yeah. and people are automatically linking him with Arsenal or it could be West Ham. It could be. I was Jose that could I was be the next manager. If Treeman left, who would we who would we get? And I was thinking of who was available. And obviously he came into my head. But to be honest, he would be the least appropriate. I mean, he'd be up there with Allardyce in terms of... Yeah, and that's why it would be so good. I mean, I do... Don't get me wrong. I've always actually liked Mourinho. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a mad cunt. And I, you know, (laughs) as we both discussed, the football needs mad cunts. And he's almost the king of them all. And so, in on on that level, on a personality level, I'd like it. I don't think most West Ham fans are going to hate it. But the way that he, uh, I don't know. And it'd be interesting also to see how he, I mean, how he would handle being at a club like ours, like a, effectively a mid-table team, mid-table yeah. at best team, because he's never had that. He'd argue that he overachieved with Porto, but Porto was still the top t- top club in fucking Portugal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, so it'd be interesting to see how he got on, what his approach would be with a club like West Ham. It would be, if he went to West Ham, it would kind of be his cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah. So we don't need another one. Of course, who I would really want, I'm not clamouring for the head of Pellegrini here, but You're talking about a job that's not even available. I know, I know, but who cares? Who cares? Indulge me. Who I would really want, number one, and he came very close to being our manager in the past, really close, and it fell through right last minute before we got Billich, is Bielsa. That is who I would like as West Ham's next manager. Yeah, that would be great. But name a football fan, a right-minded football fan in Britain right now who wouldn't want Bielsa exactly. in charge of their football club. Exactly. And it could happen. He's going to get bored of Leeds eventually. I, I, think, he'd come, I think he'd come to West Ham. Yeah, but yeah. then again, maybe he wouldn't because he's so eccentric. He w- he doesn't do what other managers would do. Most he'd managers would leave Leeds to come to West Ham. Yeah, but he's Marco Bielsa. He sort of he'd do a Cluffy like when Clough went to Brighton. He'd suddenly announce, "I'm leaving 
Leeds United to join Altrinham Town. Yeah. Because that is part of my journey as God has laid out for me. Yeah. He'd say something like that, wouldn't he? It would. As for Sunderland, we had um, Southend, who I think have conceded something like 43 goals in the last 11 matches. And their new manager is Saul Campbell, who may or may not be insane. And obviously, <laughs> it was a it was a, a, a diabolical, grim one nil victory. But it was I fucking loved it because it was a clean sheet. It was three points. It was horrible yeah. to watch, but you know that's what you're, it's about. You're sort of rebuilding under a new manager, and you've just got to get those. You've got to notch yeah, up those results. Grind some until, results until out. until the new manager gets his own philosophy. Across, they've always got to get their yeah. philosophy across. Yeah, they? League, League One's full of philosophies. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to get his philosophy across. Oh yeah, um, and that takes a while. So while he's yeah. waiting to get the philosophy across, you just got to try and nick wins here and there and notch up as many points as you can. Well, tomorrow night we've got uh, we're in the leasing dot com trophy, formerly known as the Checker Trade, and we've right. got Leicester under twenty ones at home, and right. it's going to be. You know, a, a midweek November night on the northeast coast. Leicester under twenty ones versus Sunderland's yeah, first team. First team, yeah, I that's what happens. That's how it works. Big, big, big clubs are allowed to put their under twenty ones in their leasing dot com, as it's now called. Right. None is, of them have got the as far in, as the final. Is that the same in Checker Trade? Yeah, yeah. It's been about three or four years now. Lots of people are boycotting the trophy. I don't think West Ham put their under twenty ones in. Do they not? Nah, well, I've not heard of us doing it. No. Oh well, there you go. So uh, yeah, that's going to be a test of wh- how how devoted I am to the cause, or whether I'll just stop in and watch it in the telly. Yeah. Should right. We talk, should we quickly talk about just real quick Jeff and Anna on the wall? Oh uh, I don't yeah. Know if you managed to catch it. I think they were I, a, a I, very. I, I there's a lot of chat be, about them on on. Um, I, I don't want to add too much to it because the 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 sisters who were on the first one obviously picked up on our podcast. Yeah, and are now kind of associates of the podcast. So yeah. I don't want to be too cruel about Jeff and Anna. Well, in case I Jeff been... and I wasn't saying we were going to be cruel. That's you well, saying you know. that. I just wanted to discuss them because what I would uh, say is that they were notable contestants. I would have been quite happy if they'd walked away with nothing. <laughs> Jeff, all I'd say is right. Is I started off thinking, Jeff, you're punching here. I thought she was. Um, I thought she was sassy. I thought she was sparky. <laughs> I thought she was quite pretty. And I thought, mm-hmm. Jeff, you're a bit of a drip and you're punching yeah. well above your weight. But then by the end, it flipped around a little bit and I thought, Jeff, maybe when you first got together, you weren't such a drip. Maybe you were dynamic and fun-loving and yeah. full of joy and hope, right? And she is a tyrant who has squeezed it out of you. A tiny Unlike- tyrant. A five-foot-two-inch tyrant. Is she, like my wife, a good wife? <laughs> I don't know. A good woman. A good woman. <laughs> She's got the same name as my wife. And similar to, to them, there is a, you know, large height difference between us as a couple as mm. well. So I saw parallels. You did. Right. Okay. But my wife is a good... Uh, no, no, she's a good woman. A, she wasn't like Anna off of the wall. A good wife. She's a good wife. And she was. And she's not at all tyrannical, really, like Anna off of the wall. And I am not... One thing I am not is a big dopey drip like Jeff, who would sign the contract. <laughs> you couldn't blame him, though. 
You couldn't blame him because there was 16 grand on the contract and he had no fucking idea what he was doing with the questions. Yeah, I suppose so. He must have known. Yeah, he must have known that he got loads of the questions wrong. He didn't know the balls were going to land so well for them. They, they, They got lucky with that 150k that fell and the rest of it was just... And they got really lucky with all the red balls that were dropping into the ones. Yeah. And she was Damn going, one, one pound, one pound, and they were all dropping in the pounds. <laughs> one, one. And, of course, Chris Pine, which has now become a meme. Chris and Pine, has it? Anna shouting, Chris Pine has become a big meme. It's trending on Twitter. <laughs> I think we could even get T-shirts with, Jeff, <laughs> with Chris Pine just written on them, and they'd sell all right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was. It was. It might have been the best one yet. I think might have been the best episode. I think so, of the but I will say, yeah. Danny didn't like her at all. No, because he didn't flirt no. at all. He didn't. People no. were actually monitoring how often he said "baby," and I don't think he called her "baby" once. Danny, no. he was not a fan. No, I thought at the beginning perhaps they'd had a word in his ear and asked him to tone it down a bit, but then it was obvious as it we went on because, why. Or yeah, well, I thought same thing because I thought it was it's all pre-wrecked. They recorded them all months ago, right? And I think that because of all the babies and everyone talking about mm. it, I was wondering whether they did a little re-edit because of hashtag Me Too, and they can't. <laughs> they go, this is this is Auntie Beeb. We can't have all this babe and baby because people might yeah. say it's sexist. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, well, it goes on. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick, quick news of that news before we go. Yeah, yeah. Man tried to have sex with pile of leaves in hotel car park. Mm, six. Mm. Man who tried to fly drone into Perth prison claimed Romanian circus stole his chihuahua. Ten. Can deep dive that one tomorrow if you want. There's lots going yeah. on in that one. Yeah. Uh, America's pile of uneaten bacon is the biggest in 48 years. <laughs> yeah, ten. I'm really interested in that. <laughs> I want actually. to see it. Yeah, because the there's pile. a huge uh, economic, social, and political subtext to that headline as well that I'm interested Plus, in. Plus, you get to see the pile. Yeah, I want to see a large yeah. pile of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's it. We're back tomorrow with the deep dive into the mailbag and all that. Uh, thanks yeah. for listening. Bye-bye. Fuck you. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details